this is Randy Kozad. I'm the driver of the Scooby-Doo Monster Jam truck, and this is Monster Jam Minute. That's right, folks. We are opening with the Monster Jam Minute this time. It is Jason. It is Lisa. This is Don't Talk to Me Rudely. Uh, welcome back, everybody joining us here. Lisa, how are you doing? I'm fine. Uh, I, I'm trying to like collect myself because <coughs> we're doing Monster Jam Minute first. Oh, you weren't ready for that one. No. I tossed a big old curveball there. I apologize for that. That's fine. But, uh, you know, we've got our, our, our good friend, um, Miranda, that introduces us for that every time. So I thought we'd throw her in there right away. Anyway, uh, a lot, there is some decent Monster Jam news this week. Yes, what is that news, Jason? You tell me. Why do I always have to break all the news? Oh, okay. Well, first off, we're going on our trip in our favorite rocket ship, zooming through the sky. Little Einsteins. No, not really. <laughs> Sorry, that was pathetic. Um, we are heading to Illinois. Unfortunately, we are not going to probably get to meet the Monster Jam U crew that we were kind of hoping was going to happen. I've not heard back from anybody. Have you been like continually sending emails, though? Uh, I, uh, to the people I can. Yeah. And she said she sent it to corporate, who contacts directly with with Tom and told Tom to contact me, and he has not. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, it's unfortunate. Um, I know he's been extremely busy and traveling a lot because yeah. they've been doing some promo stuff. I don't think he's done a lot of competitions lately, um, but I know he, what was it, last weekend or two weekends ago, was at the, uh, I think it's uh, Sandusky, no, Kings Island. Yeah, um, yeah. They've got a monster truck, monster jam ride. Yeah. And uh, I know he was out there for some promotional stuff. So unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get to do that, but... We do know where it is, Yep. and I, and I think we're going to go out and drive by and just see what's up. Yep. Uh, so that's pretty good. But there's other big news. I'll let you break that one. Wait, there is? Well, you sent it to me Saturday night. Apparently, you must have been on Instagram and found a photo with a schedule. Oh. Yeah, that oh, big news. Oh, okay, well. That's the bigger news. Okay, so I saw that Brianna Mahan and Whiplash, she's uh, one on the stadium tour, which is the bigger tour, the Yep. Um, the big wigs, if you will, and she's going to be in Minneapolis with her Whiplash truck on December fourteenth. And if she's going to be there, that means there's going to be like thirteen other trucks there too. Okay, this is all true. Now I have another confession. Okay. I went on MonsterJam.com. Yeah. There's nothing there for Minneapolis yet in December. Yeah. Well, this is not uncommon for them for one of the people to leak out their schedule early. Yeah. And then it not be on the website. So yeah. uh, and if I'm being honest and we love our monster jam, um, I, I don't fully understand their marketing folks or, or the, not that web, their website management. It's a little interesting. Well, I feel like, so a, a few weeks ago, well, in the month of June, they were voting for this all-star challenge, right? Right. So you can vote every day up until like June 24th for up to 10 drivers to be part of the first, annual uh, Monster Jam All-Star Challenge. Right. Okay, so June 24th came and went. Like, okay, check back to our website. And it was like a month. No, not quite a month, but it was like weeks right. before anything came out about that. Well, it just, yeah. It was I... just, I don't know. It was just like, yeah, do all this. but And then like once the voting stopped, we just forget about it. Right. Well, and being the Monster Jam fans that we are, we didn't forget about it. No, I know. But I think, and, and some of that is, some of that is building intensity and not intensity, but. Um, okay. Yeah. But you do that for three days, not like three weeks. Uh, I suppose. I don't know. I'm sure there was a reason behind it. I would imagine they had a release date in mind. Um, 
you know, there's that. But uh, honestly, if you just want to see their schedule, it's kind of hard to see sometimes. Yeah. And I'm not trying to rag on Monster Jam's website people. They do a good job. They've got a lot of good information and, yeah. and other good stuff to see. But uh, if you want to, like, see the upcoming schedule, uh, if you click on the schedule thing, it shows you the tour schedules. It doesn't, like, it doesn't show you you got to go into every individual tour right. and those are only like their stadium, their points stadium tours. Right. right. So like this one in December, I'm pretty sure is not going to be a points event as far as right. like world finals points. No, it'll be a one-off event, which plays into our hand pretty well. Uh, because usually that means that you guys, you'll, you'll see somebody. So maybe, uh, well, so we saw, by the way, we're over a minute, like by a ways. I know that. Yeah. We're actually at about uh, four minutes, but I'm approaching five, but I don't care. <laughs> Uh, you know, we saw Tom Mentz, Adam Anderson, and Ryan, Ryan Anderson. Anderson in the same event. And that, like... Just to snowball on that, we saw um, Todd LaDuke. We saw the Diesel Brothers and Brodozer. They all in that same show. They were all in that same show. That, um, that doesn't happen. Right. And, and that's the thing. I mean, so those first three we mentioned, that's kind of like the Mount... I don't want to say the Mount Rushmore, but, I mean, that's kind of the... the those are three of the biggest names you can have. Those you, are the three biggest names, period. Right, and they, they will split those guys up so that if you go to an event around the country, you're going to get one of those guys. Yeah. And in this case, um, they had all three of them here, yeah. and that was that was huge. So uh, got to love that, you know. Yep. And so hopefully that happens again uh, this December uh, when they come back through. Um, hopefully that's, you know, hopefully that, that leak is uh, true. Uh, I know I got the calendar open for that. I, I don't know about you. Yeah. I know we've got a few friends that we, we've had people who have said, Hey, that kind of sounds like fun. Next time they're in the area, let us know. And so Landon spilled those beans to my dad tonight when we were up there. Oh boy. And my dad's comment was, you think Grim rocks would want to go to which I took meaning that he wants to go. <laughs> Well, and I know that the other grandparents have already said they're in. <laughs> so, so I don't know how this is all going to shake out. Yeah, we might have to go up there. I'm. We might have to buy a section of seating. <laughs> Can we reserve a block? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then I know Landon's best friend and his family, they want to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of fun when you get a little bit of a, a crowd and cheering section. and Who knows what will happen? You just never know. But uh Hopefully that all shakes out. We're hoping that the old Monster Jam does come on back and we'll get them. Yeah, yep. good stuff. All right, I want to move on to a, uh, a topic that came up, came to mind to me this last week. I was eating at T-Box, my favorite hamburger joint in, in Decorah. And of course, it's a sports bar. It's not really just a hamburger joint. Yeah. Um, and I'm walking out and I feel bad. I, I didn't stop and say hi. Uh, but as I was getting in the truck, I look over and I was like, oh my gosh, there's Coach Hartle. Oh. Yeah, your coach, yeah. Uh, your softball coach. And I got to thinking about this, like, you know, it would be interesting to talk about our coaches from our past and how they've influenced us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think we'll start with yours. I, I wrote down some names okay. um, to help you out, but I mean... You okay, can, I'm totally not prepared, but I'll speak from the heart. Well, and that's that, I mean, that's what it's all about. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, I guess, are there coaches in particular that really stand out in what made you become what you are, whether it's an athlete or otherwise? Yes. I would say I've had... um, 
one, two, three, four, five. Five? Yeah, was that more or less than you were thinking? I wrote down four. I don't know if I got the right ones. Okay. I will start, and this one's going to throw you off guard. Yeah, this one will throw you off guard. Um, Amy Peepo was my JV basketball coach. And as a matter of fact, I just sent her a Facebook message today because I was uh, flipping through some photo albums while I was at my mom and dad's house tonight. Mm -hmm. And there was one of Decorah High School basketball, JV basketball team, circa 2000, and she was in it sporting a really nice sport coat. <laughs> and I, I mean, in fairness, we all had our own thing going on in that picture, but... Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, no, uh, I some of my memories of her that that would make me say that they've had kind of a profound influence is just telling you that you're good enough. Sure. Um, for for me and um, you know, I really didn't care for varsity basketball as much. I loved playing JV, yeah. and I don't know if it was the pressure of it all or what it was. I mean, I would love playing pickup basketball, but JV basketball was fun right and she made it fun and in fairness we had a really really good team right for a couple years yeah and um she's just like lisa you can do this you're gonna go here and you're gonna take the ball away because mm -hmm. you're better than them sure and not to be not belittling them but just saying this is why i want you here because this is what you're good at go right. get it yeah and um, I'm sure she thought nothing of it at the time, and I really didn't either. But now, now looking back, I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And um, since then, I've gone on to play park and rec volleyball with uh, Coach People for many years. We we both hung it up after uh, 2018 or 2017, but um, sure. still have a good relationship today. Um, just just a really good um, under level coach. Okay. Okay, number two, Dave Meyer. Had that one down. Okay, I'm sure you did. Dave yep. Meyer um, was my softball softball coach from my eighth grade season until my uh, through my junior season. Mm -hmm. um, I remember vividly. Um, he called our house one night mm -hmm. um, right before softball season was going to start. After I just got, uh, I was in eighth grade. In Iowa, you can play varsity as an eighth grader. Yep. And he called, and he and he wanted to talk to me, and he said, "Here's here's what I've got going on. Um, some of the gals um, that were going to be that he thought might be playing ended up not coming out. Sure. So he needed an infielder, and um, he made no promises of playing time. Uh, and he so he called and he said, "I was wondering." And he was talking to my parents as well, if I can come out, just talk to you about something. And so sure enough, he came out one night and he basically laid it on the line. Listen, I'm not guaranteeing you playing time, mm -hmm. but I want to know if you will just give it a shot to come and start. You're not going to be practicing with your grade level. I want you to come start practicing with the varsity and we'll see what happens. And... I was I was like yes please sure mm -hmm. and and mostly out of naivety over anything but just I mean I that was what I loved to do right. that's what we did every day in the yard growing up 
Uh, we'd play slow pitch with ourselves, you know, or we'd toss it up to ourselves. That's just what we did. Right. Um, so we, um, I remember going to practice and not necessarily feeling out of place. Um, the seniors on that team were actually in my oldest sister, Julie's class. My oldest sister did not, she was not out for softball anymore at that point. But did you know some of those girls ahead of time? I mean, I knew of them, Okay. but I didn't know them. They weren't really my sister's friends that she hung out with. Sure. Um, so I, I mean, I knew them, um, on the surface, they were pleasant to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more the season went on, the more I played mm-hmm. and I'll never forget, forget on a bus ride home after a loss. And we were like a 500 team that year. Were you uh, playing shortstop from eighth grade on? Yeah. I did a lot of DHing as an eighth grader, not playing the field so much. I mean, I did sometimes, but, mm-hmm. um, and then I would play shortstop uh, on JV. So I was mainly a varsity hitter. Sure. And so I remember, um, and this happened a lot, not necessarily this topic, but um, Coach Meyer on the way home, we're, we're pulling back into the, the field and everyone's about to get off the bus. And he was kind of chewing our butts. And, um, I, you know, again, kind of naive, didn't really know what's going on. Um, so just something obviously had happened. Like he had received phone calls or, or something like that. Obviously, I didn't know anything about it. Um, and just said, you know, some of you need to figure out your place on this team. And I'm strictly paraphrasing and just trying to remember here and um you know some of you are you feel like because you're such and such an age that you're entitled to be on the field at all times but how am I going to keep you on your own on your field when you have an eighth grader that's hitting 350 and you're hitting a buck 50 and the other thing about that is like quick stats wasn't a thing then right okay we had no idea nobody knew where you really no idea although coach Meyer would post it like in the middle of the season, he would post it on the on the door of the shed where we kept all our equipment. Hey, did he do that for a purpose, or just so you kind of knew where you were, or what? I'm honestly, I don't know. I mean, I remember everyone being very interested. Oh, of course. Well, but I also be? remember that I didn't really know what those stats were. Like, oh. I knew like. Well, you see, your batting average is the number of hits you get compared to how many at bats you have. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Go ahead. But when you're coming up in Little League, you're not keeping stats. Um, uh, not the way Decor does it. Well, did or does it. I don't know what they do now. And right. And, and don't get me wrong. I love the way they did it then, and I wish that's the way it still was. Yeah. But anyway. And, and, yeah. Um, so I, I didn't even know what that meant truly. Um, right. But, yeah. And so, and now, and now looking back, I do remember having one conversation with him. Uh-huh. That I think was more for himself than it was for me because, again, I was so naive. Right. Um, but I remember him coming up to me either after a game or after practice. And um, he said something to me, and I, I think about it more now than I ever did then. But it, he said something to the effect of, you know, people loved to watch you play. All those parents in the stands... They love, they love it when you're out there on the field. They love to see you play. And what I'm realizing more and more now was that was exactly opposite of the case. Oh, really? Yeah. 
because I know there was parents that didn't want me out there. Because you were an eighth grader? Yes, and they had daughters that were on the team that weren't playing as weren't much. performing and therefore weren't playing. Right. So, honestly, I made this revelation not all that long ago, but yeah. But it made a ton of sense, and that's why I said I think it was more for... I, I think he thought it was getting to me, but on in actuality, I had no idea. Sure. Um, so, yeah, so Dave Meyer. Um, I remember being very, very sad when he announced to us that, uh, during right before we started practice my junior season that this year was going to, that year was going to be his last year. Sure. Um, he had taken another position in another school district and he mm -hmm. was leaving. And I remember the whole team was collectively crushed. Right. I mean, just crushed. Yep. Um, we had a good we had a good run. We were always five hundred or above. Uh, mm -hmm. Conference champs. Conference co conference champs when I was a uh, sophomore. Two thousand one, right? Yeah. Yeah, my sister and our our neighbor, who we were all good, we were all good friends, were on that team. So that was kind of a neat experience. Um, I saw Dave Meyer at Nordic Fest last year. hadn't seen him in year. hadn't talked to him in years. Mm -hmm. um, but he gave me a nice hug, and it was so good to see him again. Um, so immediately after that, it was uh, Jill Christopher was my softball coach. So is she number three for you? I think we're on number three. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, Jill Christopher, and she actually lives not too far from us now. She's yep. now married, Jill Calvig. Um, Living down in Nashua, works in Nashua. Yep. Not coaching softball, though. No. No. I don't know. She's, she coached volleyball somewhat recently, but... Yeah. Um, Anyway, she's got four kids of her own. She has no time for these things probably oh, anymore. Oh, exactly. Um, Jill was awesome. Jill also had Dave Meyer for all of her years. And like me, she's started uh, varsity her eighth grade year all the way through. Mm -hmm. um, so we always had a really, really good relationship. Um, coaching styles were incredibly different. Oh, yeah. Um, we had very regimented, scheduled, productive practices with Jill. Um, not to say that we necessarily didn't with Dave. It was just a, it was a very different, just Deal. a very different style. Right. Um, Dave was a very emotional coach. I mean, he cried in front of us often and I think that's what we all loved about him. Right. Um, Jill, Jill was great. Uh, we had a good team, won the conference in her first season. Uh, she won it again two years later. Yeah. Yeah. And she did very well for herself. Um, I always... Uh oh. Oh, here come the people. Hi, people. Hey, guys. Why don't you guys go upstairs and play? Okay. Why don't you guys go upstairs and play? Yeah, why don't you guys go upstairs because we're doing a podcast right now? Fine, I'm going outside again. No, go go upstairs. Did you put your toys away outside? Well, put them away and then come back in and go upstairs. Okay, kids. Yes, no coach. I don't know. Okay, Riley, go put it away. I don't know if there's any coaching experience that could you prepare you for this. No, there's none. Zero. Uh, Zero. Anyway, back to Jill. Uh, Jill, I just felt like I always had a really good relationship with me, and I just I found her very, very relatable. Sure. Um, not only just as a coach, but being a female coach, um, playing in that program, just like we were, um, just way too many good things to say. Mm-hmm. Um, the fourth one is Dwayne Palsic. <laughs> didn't have that on the list, but I, didn't I, I understand didn't. why. Uh, Dwayne Palsic was an assistant coach at Ellsworth Community College. Um, 
he is like a dad to all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I think, no, he did. He truly was the one who put me in my spot and I needed it. Oh, really? Yeah. Not like I was arrogant, cocky, all that stuff. I, that really wasn't me. But um, we started with fall ball. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, you know, I was used to being a big fish in a little pond. Right. And always being one of the best players on the field. Right. And just things things usually went well for me. Right. Okay. So, and I think we all felt a fair amount of pressure going into that that we need to perform at such and such a level. And it's fall ball. We haven't played in, you know, several weeks. We These are all brand new players to us. We're seeing brand new pitchers, all that stuff. So right. we had a scrimmage um, at Upper Iowa in Fayette. Um, I don't know if you were there. I'm almost positive I was there. So anyway, we were there, and that's, you know, it was about as close to home as I would ever get to play when I was at Ellsworth. And, which isn't true, we had one, we did play Luther, but... That JV was, team. Yeah, and that yeah. was a year later. But um, I didn't play particularly well, which was, um, you know, it's one thing to have an error, but it just, nothing went my way. Like, if I feel it cleanly, I couldn't have a decent throw to first. But I just, like, nothing was going right. And so on the long drive home, like, just doing a lot of thinking, and that was fine. So we went to, the, to practice the next week. We only get so many practices in the fall. And he was riding my rear. And I'm not saying I didn't need it, because I did. But what I found out about myself was I wasn't handling not performing well. Like, just not even not handling it well, just not handling it. Right. And so... um, Were you having a hard time hitting or what? I Just everything wasn't going... Like, whatever my expectations were of myself, I wasn't anywhere close. Sure. For whatever reason, and just felt like there was no end in sight. So I remember I was, um, I went to bed that night in my dorm room, and I didn't have a roommate, and um, I couldn't sleep. I just couldn't sleep. And part of it, it was hot, there was no air conditioning, and I was just like, the, the more I looked at the clock, the worse it got. And um, finally at like 2 a.m., I sit down at my computer and start composing an email to my mom that said, you know what, I think I'm done. Like, maybe this isn't for me. Really? Yeah, and it was long, and I've, you know, it's it's overwhelming, and the coach is riding my rear end, and I just can't, whatever. So she got that and was like, what in the heck? So she, um, she got a hold of the head coach, Rod Radcliffe, who is now assistant at Rutgers, I believe. Mm. Um, and um, so he quickly found me the next day. Oh, I'm sure quickly and next thing i know we're in this deep dark hallway well lit it wasn't dark and uh just him and i and he's like what what is going on and of course the waterworks are going and and i'm like i just it's not fun like i'm not i'm not having fun and i'm not playing well and this is like after a week and a half you know like like giving it no time to sink in how Just, just yeah what do you want, Riley? You broke the hook on the little boat. Oh well, it happens. No big deal. Okay. No big deal. It happens. Yes, it was an accident. Okay. 
people choose wisely before you decide to have kids. No, I'm kidding. I love them, but man. Anyway. <laughs> so we had this. Big, How far into school was this? This like, was like. You'd been like going to classes before you had these, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that morning, so that morning after I didn't sleep all night, sent this long winded email to my mom. I didn't go to my first class. Like I was, cause I finally fell asleep for one thing. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, uh, coach Radcliffe called me in and we, we had this talk and he's like, I, and, uh, he's, he was like, is it coach Palsic? And I was like, no, but he was yelling at me and like, just, I wasn't handling it. He didn't right. do anything wrong. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. And, um, so then he brought in and I said, he said, I, I want you to just don't quit. Don't quit. And I finally agreed that I wasn't going to quit. And I, I truly wasn't ready to, I was just not handling things. And, um, so for the next day, like he was sending people my way all the time to like, go do something fun. Like, I think we went bowling and we went out for like, yeah. he, <laughs> it was a full on intervention is what it was. Sure. Um, and I was like, yeah, okay, fine. And, and I, I didn't really didn't play that well. I'll fall ball all like four games, but right. whatever. I, it, it came together for me. It was fine. It was not a big deal. Mm -hmm. So any bottom line though is when coach Paulsick found out about this, he was crushed and I really? still feel bad about that to this oh, wow. day because he didn't do anything wrong. It was right. me being immature is what it was. Right. And, um, Actually, after that, we were like the best of friends. Oh yeah, and uh, in a respectful coach-player relationship. Off on you, did he? No, okay, no, on. no, and um, no, and he's just an all-around great guy. When we went back from my Hall of Fame induction at Ellsworth, he was there, and we got to spend a little time with him. And he's just, he's just the best. He's I don't know, guy. I don't know what else to say. Well, and the one connection, I actually, I didn't personally have a connection to him, but he coached baseball before. Yeah, and the the neighbor that I grew up next to Andy Roxville had played for him. Yeah. And so when you guys came up and played the, the Luther JV squad, you had pizza afterwards and Andy came up and saw him and, and Dwayne just about, well, I don't know, but he was yeah very surprised and very happy to see yeah. him. And uh, Andy kind of had the same sentiment. So now he was, and I never had him as a coach, but he would be the kind of guy that I would love to have as a coach. Yeah. He was actually a football coach as well. Yep. Yeah. Um, Actually, an interesting tidbit about Coach Palsik is, so we're, I was saying I got to catch up with him at uh, my Hall of Fame induction in, I think that was 16. Yes. Okay, 16. Um, anyway, he I don't think he was at the ceremony, but we met him the next day. And, and he maybe was at both. But um, he's like, basically what I found out is he was the one behind the behind the scenes pulling those I was going to say, I thought, he was the one, I thought he spoke and, and more or less inducted you. No. No, he oh, did not. Okay. Uh, but um, I know I won't forget that. I won't forget him or that whole experience. But You know who else went into the Hall of Fame with you that year? Andre Tippett. Andre Tippett. Yeah. NFL Hall of Famer. Ellsworth Hall of Fame, same class. Yeah. Don't you feel special? the me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Andre was felt shown up by you being there, so he didn't... Yeah, you know, and that's understandable. Yeah, anyway... <laughs> Uh, Actually, we met another guy there that uh, he went on to play for, like, South Carolina or something like that. Oh, yeah, And yeah, he yeah. was a super nice guy. I had uh -huh. a nice long chat with him when in they introduced you at, like, the homecoming football game and stuff. And yeah. we chatted for a long time. And it turns out that he was good friends with um, 
I can't remember his first name, uh, but uh, Benny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we used to stay, when you used to come down and visit me, we yeah. would stay at um, Delmer and Marla's Benning's house. Yep. Delmer and Marla's were the grandparents of some folks in Decorah that we knew well. Their their granddaughter I played ball with in Decorah on the high school team. Oh, I coached their grandson. Yeah, Brett Van Sloten went on to play at Iowa as yep. a lineman. Yep. And um, very, very good people. Well, anyway, it turns out that he was kind of lost too. And... Uh, Delmer and Marlis Benning, they had a son who actually went to UNI and wrestled. I mean, he was a very good athlete. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, this this other guy that was in the Hall of Fame induction with me, um, they got connected. And so he ended up, he spent a lot of time at Benning's house as oh, well. Yeah. So we had a nice chat about that. Um, oh, yeah. Good people all around. Oh, they were so, so good to us. Uh, okay, so you got number five. Okay. Last but not least, uh, Renee Hartle, who you casually I, blew off, right? I didn't mean to. Okay. But. Well, maybe she blew you up. Either well, way. Well, that can happen too. But uh, Renee Hardo was probably the most different kind of coach I've ever had, and that's not a bad thing at all. That's uh, should be a badge of honor. Right. Um. She her her story in and of itself is interesting. Uh, she got hired as Luther's head coach at like twenty three, twenty four years old. I yep. Mean, I remember her coming in. Uh, her, she came in in 2002, I want to say. She came in our senior year of high school. Okay. Which would have been the same time as my... Yeah, she, she came in the same time as my head coach when I played football. Yeah. Um, of course, she took over for the legendary Betty Hoff, mm-hmm. the founder of that program. Yep. Um, did a remarkable job building that program. Absolutely. Um, but it, it was time for her. Right. Um, Betty Hoff, is, you still see her around Luther. You still mm-hmm. see her on the softball field, and she's a, always a welcome addition. I'd hope so. They named a field after her. Right. <laughs> no, Renee, um, Renee is a tough, tough cookie um, to crack. Uh-huh. Um, you know, she, I remember getting lots and lots of postcards and Christmas cards from her in the recruiting process. Um, and obviously you, Jason, were a, a big reason that I went to Luther after Ellsworth. Um, well, and you flat out, so not to jump in on your story here, but I, I distinctly remember you saying the, 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 the deal was you wanted to go at that time the egg business route, and therefore Luther really wasn't the option for you because they didn't really specialize in that. Um, and, and I think you were very upfront with Renee about that in the beginning. And so, obviously, Ellsworth, they had a financial package that was well worth your time. Um, they were close enough. They offered what you wanted. And you flourished there. You did a nice job. You did really well. And then uh, some schmuck named Jason proposed to you, and you were, you know, naive enough to say yes. Uh, <laughs> no, we're not done. Well, right? I, I mean, if we're going to go back and tell that whole story. Well, it's not, though. I know. You were looking at Iowa State originally, and I was looking at going to North Dakota and becoming a pilot. And, right. yeah. Anyway, uh, so when you got, when you said yes, it came down to Waldorf was talking to you. Waldorf was after me hard. And then. Wartburg was in there. Grandview was after me. I didn't know Wartburg was after you. Oh, yeah. They were after me in high school, too. Uh, But they were kind of going, at that time, they were kind of going through some coaching changes. Right. Um, Not by the time I got there. They had kind of settled and it was whatever. But So, I will, I, I I, I remember this not as well as I'd like to, but my sophomore year, I was working for facilities down in the the uh, 
SRC or well, in the the region uh, center. Region center. There you go. The training facility where all the the stuff was, and I would work the front desk like once a, a week. And I remember Renee came walking through. I said, "Hey, Coach Hartle," and she. I don't know if she had any clue who I was. I'm sure not. Uh, I mean, she may have because I was around and whatnot. I had played football, so it's not like I was a stranger to that building. Um, but anyway, I said, Coach Hartle, I said, hey, um, my my fiance is Lisa Rude. Well, that wasn't my name. Or Lisa Hinker. Yeah. He goes, really? How How's she doing? I said, well, she, uh, she said, wait, fiance? I said, yeah. I said, she's obviously finishing up at Ellsworth, and obviously she'll be transferring this year, and she's starting to think about Luther, to be honest with you. I just wanted to give you a heads up on that and in case you wanted to do anything with that. She goes, I appreciate that. And obviously the rest was history after that. Yeah, and I I sent her an email sometime during my sophomore year at Ellsworth that said, hey, you know, I'm... Yeah, so I got in touch with uh, Coach Hartle sometime during my sophomore year and said, hey, I'm looking to kind of continue my playing career strongly considering Luther and, and uh, kind of told her where I was at with things, who was after me. Um, not not as like a bargaining chip, just kind of let her know where I was at with things. No, I gave her that roadmap. <laughs> um, but she said, hey, you know, if you've got a free weekend or something, you want to come in and do a visit? And I said, yeah, absolutely. So we did, and I got some, you know, official Luther gear and, and all of that. And I don't know what she thought of it. For me, it was more of a formality. Um, but we had a great visit, and I just, I remember, I remember, and I will keep them close to my vest, some of the things she told me, and I wasn't for sure how I I felt about that. Um, it wasn't negative necessarily, but I, th- sometimes you have an inflated self-worth. Right. And it wasn't that she wasn't stoking that fire, but... Um, I don't know. I guess I didn't really know what to expect. And I didn't really know Coach Hartle that well. Right. And um, so that was fine. I, I was totally fine after that meeting thinking, yeah, this is what I want to do. And uh, we had an off weekend or something like that, and I was able to come up and watch um, a conference game of theirs at Luther. And um, between games, I think she sent literally everyone from that team over to talk to me. Yes, she did. And... Um, I want to say you were pretty close to saying yes at that point. I, I, it wasn't that. I, yeah, I already knew I was going there. Right. Um. Yep. I remember. I remember this well. I remember Michelle Osterhaus. She was a, a class ahead of me. Uh, she was a pitcher, and she just said, "Hi, Lisa. It's so good to meet you. We've heard a lot about you, and we're so excited to have you." And of course, how much of that do you actually believe? I don't know. And I don't truly remember how I felt about that. So today, I just remember that face and her being there. Mm-hmm. I really don't remember anyone else necessarily. Um, but my mind was pretty much made up anyway. So um, Coach Hartle is probably the most organized. I would say she's innovative in that it it her teaching style, her uh, technique, has changed with the times. Yep. Um, what no what we were learning back in my day there is not what they're probably doing today. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there's pieces to everything. Um, but she had the true, like, I, I never felt like, oh, she's my, she's, you know, a female and she's coaches my, she's my friend. No, she was my coach. Right. Yeah. And, um, and it wasn't, 
you know, it wasn't really until my senior year that I felt like we really had a good, solid relationship. Sure. And, um, and we really did. And, um, Landon, you need to go take that cup off that table right now. Drink your milk at the kitchen table, please. Go. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, she was a master of, um, practice planning, um, but also the soft side of things, um, being a team, doing things together. Mm -hmm. Um, and we so, so enjoyed doing things together. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that just that culture in and of itself is more valuable than anyone really knows. Yeah. Renee more than anything created a culture yeah you can tell and i obviously wasn't a part of that team but i was around it a lot yeah that is the most close-knit team i've ever seen um and the teams after that the you know you had contact with some of them for for a couple years because you knew some of the the kids that were freshmen when you were there sophomores juniors um and then just following the uh social media stuff that they put out, you could tell that culture has maintained. And uh, that's a huge credit to, to Coach Hartle, but not only Coach Hartle, but uh, uh, Terry Olson and... Uh, yeah, her whole staff. Coach always. Ellie as yep, well. Yep, um, One of my best memories with Coach Hartle is um, after, our, after we were eliminated in the national tournament, um, the... Um, all American listings listings came out, and she knew this before any of us did, and she and there was three of us on our team: myself, Tammy Magner, and Ashley Hoffman, and all, all three of us got along very well. But mm -hmm. um, I remember she uh, after after a game or after a practice before our season was over, she must have even known this, but um, she came up to me personally and just she wanted to tell me what accolades I had received. Mm -hmm. And she's she just said, you know, I'm really proud of you. You deserve this, and um, this is this is as much a team thing as anything. And I said, Ab that's absolutely true. And um, anyway, so when we found out, she she told the three of us that we were all Americans, and she said, I want, I need you guys to keep that a secret for a little bit because she wanted to do. Uh, something formal to announce the team or something like that. I don't fully remember why, but right. Um, but that being said, we didn't make it to the Women's College World Series. However, they do the All-American presentations there. And that year, it was in um, Salem, Salem, Virginia, and it was going to be like that presentation is on like a Friday night, and we had senior Luther Senior Awards that Sunday morning. And then we graduated that afternoon, didn't we? No. That so, wasn't, oh, I thought that was graduation weekend. Mm -mm, no. Okay. So she said, here's the, she had all three of us in her office, and she said, here's the deal. We don't have enough money left in the budget for all of us to fly out there. She said, do you guys want to go? Because if we do, we can get a van, drive out there, drive back, and Lisa, you got to be back. Uh, as, oh, yeah. as did she. 
Yeah, the other two are sophomore or uh, juniors. Yeah, because well, we got to be back on Sunday morning to do because you have awards, as do I. Right. Well, and you were also the Iowa Conference MVP right. that year. And um, so Tammy and Ashley and I looked, kind of looked at each other, and I was like, "Well, I'll go if you guys want to go." And so, sure enough, we did. So we um, that was probably the best. One of the best trips ever. That that's probably one of my best memories of Coach Hartle. We had so much good conversation, a lot of a lot of laughter as per usual. Uh, but we just had a great time, and it's a it was great to kind of break away from the larger scale of the team. Um, like Ashley Hoffman was one of my best friends, and so you know we had always had deeper, meaningful conversations outside of the diamond, and. Into into a lot of respects, same with same with Tammy, and uh, we just we just all got along really well and talked softball, talked life, talked everything, and um, it was just it was just awesome. It was awesome, um, and of course, Coach Hartle's record now at Luther speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, she's done a great job with that program, and I honestly I'm just really amazed and thankful that I got to be a part of that. Right. Yeah, it took her two years to get. To the level of <coughs> what she has been consistent at at this point. Um, no, I mean, so her the, the year before we were our senior year in high school, they were whatever. Uh, no, it was a little bit longer. Than they were usually school. somewhere around five hundred. It was my we That's were what I'm like saying. twenty six and twelve when I was a junior, something 20, like you that. Twenty nine and twelve your junior year. Okay, and then we were like thirty and seven my senior year conference champs for her first time, 30, first time in like thirty five and seven year. And, um, and, uh, yeah, we had tons of all conference, uh, all region, three all Americans, um, led the nation all over the place in many different stats as a team. We hit like 55 home runs. I mean, it was just a really, it was a really fun season. There was, there was so many different contributors, so many different, but good personalities. Mm -hmm. It was just a good time. Um. Yeah, so like I said, I'm I'm just very grateful that I got to be a part of that, and um, yeah, so I think that was five. Yeah, that was five and uh, forty five minutes. So well, <laughs> um, I really a, didn't do them their due diligence either. No, I know that. Well, you never can. Um, I will tell you this: as an outside observer and as somebody who's coached and has been uh, an athlete. I'm not so much anymore, but at one time. I will tell you this. Here's the difference I saw between you, with you between your high school and your college careers. Um, and obviously you, you batted for a very good average, hit a ton of doubles both in high school and college. But And this isn't the end-all, be-all, but your home run numbers skyrocketed the farther into college you went. And I, I've got a theory on that. Okay. Um, you could tell... To me, you could tell when you really got into a, a solid weightlifting program. Because um, in high school, I, I you know I don't know maybe you guys lifted weights. I'm guessing not, not so much. much. And I, I know in at Ellsworth they kicked your butts. Yeah, they that, we really did. Right, and then at Luther they can they had a good program that they continue. I know you guys were lifting all the time. Yeah, and and you know that like I said, the home run is not the end all be all. Although that's the the flashiest of the stats, um, but you know, in in high school you hit probably what? How many total home runs in high school do you think? Oh, okay. 
12, 15, something like that. In five years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and your junior year in, uh, at Luther, you hit 12 in that season. You hit 14, I think. 15. Your, 15 your no, senior 14. year. No, it was 14. Because uh, Hoffman had 15 that okay. year. Because you set the single her. season record. You <laughs> broke it, and then she beat you anyway. Yeah, that's fine. And, and, and this is what's... And, and I'm not here trying to float your boat, but I mean... And most of the people that are listening to this either played with you or know who you are. Right. But maybe there's some out there that didn't. Uh, you, in two years, you, you set the four-year career home run mark, which got broke the well, next year by Magner. You had the career record for one year. Uh, yeah. And then Magner surpassed that, and then... Uh, and Honestly, do you want to know what the thing I'm most... What? No, not the thing I'm most proud of. One thing I am proud about... What's that? Um, you're, you're strikeouts. S- you had five strikeouts your senior year. I know. I know. I know. That's, now, that's awesome. I also probably had a lot of, like, stupid ground outs and stupid pop outs, so, you know, potato, potato, but... Well, that, yeah, but you're still making contact and putting <laughs> the ball in play. Sort of, yeah. It, call it what you, well, okay, your, your batting average your senior year was 400 plus, so you couldn't have had that many dumb ones, you know. And let's look at that lineup. So I mean, seriously, look at that lineup. Okay, so... You let off with, was it Simonson? No. Or Hess? No. It was Aaron Michael. Aaron Michael, followed by Hess? Yep. Okay, so you went with Aaron Michael, who was just a really good contact hitter, also really good at walking. Took, yeah, took a ton of walks. And also took a lot of hit pitches, hit by pitch. Uh, like <laughs> in one game, but... Yeah. yeah, like set the record for that, too. Then you had Kim Hess, who was a sl- who she became was a, a lefty, slapper. and she she was as fast as they come exactly. Yeah. And then so that's the thing you put Aaron, you put E Mike on first, uh, you know if if she gets on, yeah. and if even if you don't, there's a pretty good chance Kim Hess is going to get on. Yeah, and so you may have you legitimately have a first and second hitter that are, are probably going to be on base or have a, a, as good a chance as any to well, be on what base. The sick part is is that Aaron. Aaron Michael could score on a double anyway. So it's not right. like she was pokey Pete either. No, I know. You know. Right. Okay, so then you got Lisa Hinker, rude now, uh, who, I'm talking, this is your senior year at the lineup. So as a junior, you were second team all-conference and hit 12 home runs, set the single season, career, uh, single season record at Luther. I mean, had good batting average, maybe even led the conference in doubles. I mean, just the type of person that, a pitcher doesn't really want to see, right? Okay, so they can say, okay, fine, we're not going to pitch to Lisa, we're going to pitch around her. So who's behind you? Ashley, no, uh, Tammy, Tammy Magner. Magner. Who, Tammy Magner that year, so you hit uh, 14 home runs. She had 13 that season. Yeah. Okay, so fine, we're going to pitch around those two somehow. Okay, then you bring Ashley Hoffman up. you got three All-Americans who bang, hit... bang. 13, 14, 15 home runs in that season, and all of you could hit for average as well. Uh, we did. That that <laughs> I would love to go back and talk to, to Coach Hartle and ask if that is the best lineup as far as hitters she's ever had. Uh, you know, I don't know. But to your point about, you know, the weightlifting thing is part of the home runs, that, that is part of it for sure. Well, you but more the lineup is the other. Oh, Who are you going to pitch to? That's true. Someone's got to get out. You know, someone's you're gonna have to throw someone strikes. That's true. Well, that, that it just that's very so true. happened that, and like Aaron Michael probably had six or seven home runs. Christina Guard in the seven hole probably had six or seven home runs. I mean, oh yeah. 
pretty much anywhere. Well, Arm Brewster hit uh, a couple, two, yeah. three. Uh, you know, so and it's then you like, had Simonson in the nine hole, I think. Something like that. And I mean, she was uh, another slapper. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you guys had a pretty good gamut as far as defenses. You had to, to beat Luther College that year. You had to be able to pitch, and you had to be able to play defense. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then you had to be able to hit a little bit. And let's face it, you guys had some pretty good pitchers, too. Yep, we had Becky Bowles, we had Shallon Duffy, we had Aaron Pershing. Um, Aaron is like a pitching coach now, yeah. and I think she's probably learned more since she's been out not pitching herself. Right. But, I mean, and that's what's crazy. She was another one that came in as a transfer. From Kirkwood. From I, Kirkwood. I knew you, Aaron very yeah, well. You, I mean, not were, personally, but I knew her very well. well and I had, was like, yeah, this is a good thing. Yeah, she came into Luther with like an 068 ERA coming yeah. out of Juco, I think. Yeah, and in fairness, Kirkwood was... Guys, you need to be quiet out there. Kirkwood was... Go upstairs and play. Perennial, very good team. I don't know if they still are. I haven't really followed them, but yeah. they are always a good team. And she was like the number two or number three on that staff. Yeah, who was her number one? Do you remember? Uh, Shay Carpenter. Shay Carpenter. And she was from like Clorinda or something like that. Do you remember where she ended up going? I don't... I don't. Doesn't matter. So I guess the question that, that people would ask now is, all right, so you had a good career at the Division three level, at the Division two JUCO level. Why did you not take a shot at Division one? Well, first of all, I didn't have any offers. Sure. Um, I'm sure I could have tried the walk-on part. But what is really the end game going to be? You know, mean? okay, so I maybe make a team. Uh, let's say I make an NCAA Division One team. Be there for two years. No, I'm talking about out of high school. Oh, well, again, didn't have any offers. And honestly, my mechanics weren't that great coming out of high school. Some you know how just they just get by on natural athleticism, right? I think that's kind of the story of my high school career. Okay. Um, because honestly, I spent many many hours in batting cages hitting off to many, not just during practice time. Oh, I know. I on my own you. or one on one with a hitting instructor, uh, especially at Ellsworth, not one on one so much, but oh, I thought you meant okay, yeah, like. Like I would go in with another gal or something like that, and we would hit for another hour. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Um, I mean, there there is a price to pay for all of that. Right. I I don't. I remember uh, my sophomore year at Ellsworth. We were um, after a game or something. We were uh, some of us on the team went for a walk around Iowa Falls, and Iowa Falls has a is has some beautiful bluffs too, kind of like Decorah. Yeah. Um, and they were like. <sighs> I really think you could play Division One, and I'm like, I don't know, but like I'm okay. Like I, I'm happy where I'm at. Right. Um, I I know that I can have success at this level, and maybe that's kind of a chicken shit way out of things. You Cop know? out, yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know. Uh, well, maybe, but you know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't grow up around. Division one players. I didn't really know what they looked like. What, what, what was different about them and right. me? I don't. I, I still don't know that. Right. 
but again, at the end of the day, what's going to be the end game? Yeah, I get that. You know, okay, you're still going to be done, done, done after four years. Right. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Um, and I mean, and as I, much as, and as much as, even at the D three level, playing a sport like like a softball or anything, it it's year round. Oh yeah. It's ten times that. At right. the D- Division One level. Oh yeah, and I mean, I can attest. I can't attest to it personally, but I mean, I, I know, a, a few kids who have tried it and have said, you know what, it just it wasn't the gig that I wanted. Uh, there was to a do. time in my life where I thought that would have been like the best thing ever. Oh, like, your every, life is a sport, right? I think every kid has that, uh, that thought. Um, I just. I think the more I got into it, the more I realized that that probably wasn't what I wanted. Right, and that's what I'm getting at. Everybody sees the the uh, end product as far as the um, the games. You know, you see that and whatnot. Nobody sees, you know, or you see the video of the practice. Oh my gosh, they're practicing so hard, which they do practice hard. Well, I'd hope. Yeah. But nobody sees. Okay, they also spent before they went to practice. They had a two hour lift. Or an hour and a half lift. Before that lift, they had an, uh, an hour and a half meeting with their position coach, right. going over stuff, and they started their classes at seven a.m. and went through, you know. So I mean, not only are you a full-time student, and, and the truth of the matter is, if you're taking a full load of classes, which for me and you was about fifteen credits, you figure about three hours a day on top of that or three hours a week i guess for every credit you take it should be another three hours or so so you figure that's about 60 hours you should be put it should be putting into your class time and then on top of that you have a full hour uh, a full full job of, mm-hmm. of playing at the division one level it is a job mm-hmm. i mean you are there to play that sport and it's you know 10 hours a day of that plus then classes yeah so it's it's not the, i mean part of me wishes i I would know the answer to that question. To know uh, if you could have done it, just to see, just to see if I could. But exactly, I don't. I kind of tried to move away from that because I didn't want to diminish where I was. Right. You know, I I think I can speak very candidly when I say, especially at Luther, that ninety nine and a half percent of the people that were part of that program were as committed as I was. Oh, absolutely. Um, you still got to have fun playing the game. It we wasn't, had a blast. It wasn't a business. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think that, honestly, like my senior year at Luther, I think that's kind of what, I think that's kind of what propelled us to where we got to is Coach Hartle encouraged us to be us. Right. Um, when we started getting, you know, silent and, like, uber-focused. Right. That's when things weren't fun and we didn't play well. Right. But, you know, what? like, for me personally, when I felt I could turn around to left field to see Aaron Michael standing there and we would make a League of Their Own joke. Right. That's when we were at our peak. Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. No, uh, you've had some... Uh... Great experiences with that, as have I. Uh, we're at 55 minutes. Um, I feel like we're not going to cover a lot of things you had on your list today. I'm not going to. I'll pick the next one, and I'll go over my group of coaches. 
okay. the next time around. Okay. Um, we'll we'll call this the Lisa Hour or something. Power Hour. It's literally been an hour. So uh, I do have some other stuff. We're going to skip the break today. Good and idea. We'll just keep going here. Um, so we just got done with our 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 hometown town celebration, Nordic Fest. Yeah. And. Uh, Every town, I won't say every town, I think most towns have some type of a celebration. Yeah. Some of them are a festival for a couple of days. Some of them is just a day. Uh, some of them are a little more elaborate and have a little bit more culture to it. Some of them are a little bit more, you know, where's the beer and where's the band. Um, I don't know. What uh, What have you seen towns do as far as celebrations? Uh, and, and what do you like out of them? I mean... Um. Obviously, I'm partial to Nordic Fest. It's a very um, ethnic, Norwegian ethnic area. Yeah. Oh, or, of, or there's a lot of pride about that. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Norwegian, I would say Scandinavian influence is yeah. the best way to say that. And, and you're right, about the pride, yes. Yeah, there's a lot of pride in that, as there would be with anything. Um, and that is still a, a central focus of it, and I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all it's all good. I feel like the smaller the town is, the more it's just like, hey, we'll put some li- live music in a beer tent, right? You know, and I think I don't know how I feel about like Heartland Days here in town. Like, I'm happy we have it. Mm-hmm. The people that are in charge of it work very hard to make it a go. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it kind of feels a little bit of that. We'll play some music and buy beer in the beer tent. Right. Now, there, there, of course, there's other things going on, and yeah. most of it is that I just don't participate in them. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they've got stuff going on at yeah. the park. And the, here's the problem is, and, and there's been some stuff. We've had some ideas. I think we had some type of a lawn Olympics, wasn't it? Or? Like a like a Mr. Heartland or Mrs. Heartland competition and right. having like some themed competition tasks and yeah, you know. who, uh, I think you had who can mow the straightest line. Yeah, I just and you know it's hard. It, yeah, you know, I mean it, that it's a lot easier when you do that Nordic Fest, like do Viking stuff. You know. Well, yeah, but I mean you can do a lot of. I mean, Mister Hartland, uh, Mrs. Hartland could be anything you really wanted. You know what? Is, what is quintessential Midwest? You know. Right. I think there was like a. I thought of like a, a corn shucking thing, you know. Right. Problem is, corn's not ready at that time of year. No, I know. You know, but yeah, exactly. And and the thing about it is, and here's the problem: we've never gone to Jason Speltz, who runs it, and said, "Hey, we got this idea." Yeah. And you know, Lisa would be willing to to spearhead this. <laughs> well, and I I think that right there, you just kind of hit it on the head, like. Yeah, I'll throw you some ideas, but don't ask me to help. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's that is volunteership. This. Yeah. This day and age, yeah. um, I know they they have a, a core group that has continued to help for a long time. But I mean, getting new blood in is tough. Nordic Fest is struggling. Um, they were I know the day before the fest started, they needed to cover like six or seven shifts in their information booth, and they needed them the next day. You know, yes. um, where it used to be everybody and their brother was willing to be a part of it. Um, you just, you don't see that kind of volunteership anymore. And um, I've been that person. I've, I've, I've been willing to step up. And then at the same time, I've kind of shied away lately from some of this stuff. Yeah. You know, um, and, and maybe that's just because I've done too much myself. 
Um, we we struggle getting you into it, but uh, you know you've got to. I struggle getting up every morning. No, I know, but uh, and and to to be fair, you have had a very very widely known aversion to people. <laughs> There's no secrets. I know, I know. It's a night of honesty. Oh, I know, um, but uh, yeah. So, uh, town celebrations are just interesting. What are I mean? We've seen a few different ones here and there. The Reedland Grump Days, I think, is classic. Like, if there was everything, any any town celebration that I should be a grand marshal of, it would be that one. Yeah, but you can't. You, they're they're what is it? Eight hundred ninety nine happy people in one grump. Yeah. Um, I I think I would. I would have some sort of dynasty there because oh, you how would you dethrone win, me? You'd win the, the how would you dethrone me? You know, and and truthfully, we've not gotten a chance to go in and see what they do at Grump Days. Um, we do the fireworks down there now. We've done it for three years. Thank yeah. you, Kyle Spowart, for uh, getting that lined up. Um, so I don't know what activities they're doing in town, but they've got some different stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, Dysert, we've been doing Dysert's 4th of July celebration. That's their town celebration. That's a big old party. It is a big old party. Uh, Vinton's got the party in the park, and it's been years since I've been to it. But, you know, Vinton really did a nice job. They had that park packed full of stuff. And, I mean, there was legit acts going on. I mean, there was music and and stage stuff going on. But then I remember the one year they brought in the Army National Guard repelling wall. Yeah. And they you could you could go and rappel down this wall. Yeah. You know, you didn't have to even climb up the thing first. Like there were stairs going up and then you just went down the the, the uh, from the top. Okay, but if we're going to talk about festivals and I think all of them come with a parade, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Can I just can I just do a public service announcement about parades and parade going etiquette? Okay. If you bring your kids back the heck up off the street. Would you like to elaborate on yes, why Yes, I you... would. <laughs> I would be happy to. And I have to say it was markedly improved this year for 98% of it. Well, okay. I think people know what we've got and what we do with parades, okay. but maybe you should talk about that. So we have our little parade car. I know we kind of talked about this car at length on one of our previous podcasts 100 years ago. You're right. Um, it's a little parade car, and the our little parade car also has a little parade car. Right, yes. Uh, it's like a nesting doll. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyways, so it's very Norwegian themed. Uh, we take in the parade. Our kids drive the little car and, and walk and do all that kind of good stuff. And, we, and when you say our kids, to be fair, it's my brother's kids and our kids. Too. I meant the whole like rude family yeah. kids. Okay. Yeah. Um, I drove the car this year and pretended to be Norwegian like I do every year. Yeah. Um, anyways, so I think it was last year that I really came to the realization like, my aversion to people went on hyperactive mode. Um, maybe it's a thyroid issue. I don't Could know. Be. Um, so we're driving down East Water Street, which is Main Street in Decorah, which Decorah also has a Main Street, but it's not the Main Street. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Main Street is not We're the talking Main about street. Norwegians, okay? Water Street has no water, and River Street's nowhere close to the river. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so figure that out. So we're driving down, and granted, we don't have any sort of big rig, okay? Our... our car would fit comfortably on one lane like three times right okay um so candy is a big old deal in this parade and if to be clear there are tons of people at that parade it is packed so absolutely packed like they're they're roping them off on monday and the parade isn't they're roping off like reserving spots in the boulevards on monday and the parade until saturday which is a whole nother ball of wax to get into but 
Right. I mean, uh, it's it is. You go up, so that that route is probably a mile to a mile and a half long. It, yeah. it goes from if you know Decor, which most of you probably have a familiarization. Yeah. It starts off down by the fairgrounds. Yeah. That's where you all come out of, and it goes all the way down to the museum, yeah. which is just short of turning by the Whippy Dip. Yeah. You know, and it's it is anywhere between six and twenty deep along that route, and in downtown it is just packed. It is packed. And even before that, the the boulevards east of downtown. Yeah. I mean, and in the intersections, it's just it is. It's people everywhere. Yeah, there's there's probably twenty thousand people watching. Okay, this so all I'm saying is our car isn't very big. It's actually quite narrow. Yeah. Um, and in this was the second year I've driven it. I drove drove it the first year. Jared drove it last year. I drove it this year. Mm -hmm. And it was like. You know the 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 parallel parking along the street. Mm -hmm. Oh, like the lines. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the kids are past those. Oh yeah. And not even just the kids, like just mostly kids, but mm -hmm. just people everywhere. And so you feel like you're driving down this really narrow tunnel. And I realize I'm doing all these like hand actions right now that right. none y'all can see. Yeah, none y'all. <laughs> none y'all. <laughs> New word. Uh, and so like, the longer that goes on, the more irritated I get. Like. Do you really want that Tootsie Roll that bad? You don't even like Tootsie Rolls. There's a lot of competition for candy there. There huh? is. But, uh, like, just back the heck up. Now, I know that your mom was discussing with, with this uh, with me before the parade. They said they, we, they really don't want the people in the parade throwing candy. They want you to, like, go physically walk over right. to the curbs and hand them candy in an effort to keep people back. Right. So, I have to say it was markedly improved. I still threw candy, but I got a good enough arm that I could launch it. I could launch it over the buildings on Water Street if I wanted to. Right. I didn't. Um, so I, I didn't have a problem meeting that goal. How, so up until I would say the last block and a half, everyone was kept a, a pretty wide path. Mm -hmm. After that, it was a free-for-all. Really? What you need to know about our parade car is um, the brakes are very touchy, also the clutch. So if I have to slam on the brakes, it's fine. I will stop right here now. Right, yeah. But I will also probably pop a wheelie to get going again because the clutch is so right. touchy. And so I popped two wheelies this year, by the way. Did I tell you that? <laughs> no, you didn't. One, I like played off like I meant to do it, and the crowd was like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> good job, me. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> And, um, what gear first? Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so people, if you're going to the parade, seriously, just back up, just back up. What good, there's nothing good going to happen. Right. You get too close. So again, my aversion to people just goes in overdrive. Well, I, I, I understand. They that. are the worst. I get that. You know, and, and Nordic Fest does a nice job. They bring in a lot of different entertainment. They, you know, for years, they never had that evening, uh, headliner band that wasn't until probably our senior year yeah i think it was our it, turns it was our junior days. year yeah. the first year i remember it they had it, a beer tent it was the first year they did it and that was the year that we had the storm where you got stuck at home alone yeah and i was finishing up a performance and so then after the storm passed i went out to check on you because yeah. your parents were at my house as were i thought all, they were at the bar no they were at my house oh 
because we got I got done with the, the performance. Nordic dancers, of course. Yep. Got done with the performance. I went home, showered. I walk out. There's your parents. There's like every extended relative I've got mm -hmm. in my kitchen. And my, my parents are, or my mom's walking in. Dad was busy setting up the fireworks. Mm -hmm. um, and then on top of that, they get paged out to a, a deal. So I said, okay, I'm going to go out and check on Lisa quick. So I go out there, find you. You were doing fine at that point. Mm -hmm. But apparently you were freaking out before that a little bit. Because well, there had been a tornado down there. Yeah. And so we... You know. Yeah. So you and I went out, looked around at stuff. We're we were dry. looking around, and I think we took my dad's pickup, we if took, I remember. And we yep. went all the way until we drove into Hale, and they were like, yeah, we're good. Let's go the other way. Yeah. Well, the storm had passed Decor by that time. Yeah. But yeah, there were some remnants down farther south, because uh -huh. we were looking for damage. Well, then we're like, okay, let's head back into town. Classic gawking. Yeah. Oh, well, exactly. So we jump in my truck, head back into town, and... That was when I got the phone call for my very first fireworks show. Yeah. You or you got the phone call. Yeah. Mom it, calls your phone. Yeah, and so like, Jason, can you can you go meet you? I think you had to meet him at the fire station or something like that. Well, he's. I had to go to the fire station and pick up a coat and a helmet. Yeah. And I mean, I'd been around the fire station enough to know I had to grab yeah. it off of one of the the engines, and so I did that. And I said, Mom, I need a pair of boots. Can you bring them back to me? And she did. And yeah, so I, I remember I that I had too. so yeah because I had to drive your pickup home. Right, your pickup was a manual yeah. transmission. Now we had an old chore truck that was a manual, but it was the easiest. Like it would fall into gears for you. You just had to look at it long enough. My yeah, my truck was not hard to drive. No, it it wasn't, but like it wasn't an old farm truck. Like right. I had legitimate concerns about any damage that might oh yeah happen to yeah. that truck. I survived. No. I think I put it all the way into third and, and whatever. It was fine. Yeah, that thing. So that's that. I mean, I didn't have to take a driver's test with it, but if you would have had to, it wouldn't have been a big deal. That thing was the easiest clutch driving thing you could ever ask for. Yeah. You, By the time you got to, from first to second, you really didn't have to clutch if you didn't want to. Second to third, you wouldn't have had to. Third to fourth. You might have to push a little bit if you really needed to, but and I always did just because yeah. I don't want wear and tear on the clutch. But right. I mean, it was the easiest driving thing, and it got great gas mileage. But yeah, so that that was the night I got my first. But yeah, but anyway, to get back to what we're talking about here, you know, they Nordic Fest was adamant they weren't going to do that, and I think they realized they were going to have to change with the times or it was going to die. And so I've seen Nordic Fest shift a lot from a really really good town festival to a little bit more of that, you know. But it's really band, only after hours, you know. Right. Now, that said, that said, um, they didn't have a lot of people down there on Friday night. I think it got better later on. Well, and the other thing was, it was hot. It was hot. And, you know, deceptively hot. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, it's not that bad. And then you get out there for a while. It's like, oh, this is... Yeah, and you got this the, is not fun. Yeah, you walk out and you have the upper lip sweat going on. Like, right yeah, now. and and that was the thing is we'd have to. I remember we perform during the day, and I don't know how many performance or how many people they had in the audience. I'm, you know, here's what's crazy. When I was in Nordic dancers, uh, and I'm gonna toot my own horn here a little bit. You're good at that. I, thanks. There's not a lot of things in the world that I'll say that I was truly good at, but that was one of them. Um, and in a lot of ways, I was, in a, in, to a certain extent, Mr. Nordic Dancer. And what I mean by that is, if they had something where they needed somebody to show up and do it, I was there. You know, um, They wanted seniors to come in and work with the juniors. 
Uh, so I would get up and I'd go in and work with the junior dancers to help them learn dances and, and, and learn stuff. Um, you know, they'd, they'd say, hey, we need somebody to show up and do this PR thing. Yeah, I can do that, no problem, whatever. You know, um, I remember sitting in my, our senior year, they were going to have the junior dancers and they wanted the seniors. I was one of five that actually showed up, you know. Um, I danced with you your senior year. Yeah, so the, here's an interesting sto story about all this. Um, we stopped to see my grandma the other I'm day. I'm still dancing with you. You are still dancing with me. I think you told the story about uh, using me to pass the... Yeah. Uh, and how your feet didn't touch the ground in gym class. Yeah, I thought I was going to die that day. I swept you off your, off your feet. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Although, can I just say this? Yeah, go ahead. So, at your last Nordic Dance Fest performance with the Nordic Dancers. Yeah. Um, so, I had an inkling that I was going to get asked. Yeah. And I was like, I, it kind of pains me to admit now, but I was like, please don't pick me, please don't pick me, please don't pick me. Damn it. Everybody, no, everybody is that way. <laughs> okay, good. No, I, I like. So, it's like a rite of passage. You just have to suffer through it. Yeah, I knew you didn't want me to do that. Okay. I didn't care. So, there it was. So, it's, it's There's funny. There's actually a really classic picture, and it's me with some killer, with a killer, like, softball sock. Yeah, I know. It is And the shorts, because yep. your sliding shorts were pretty yeah, long. Yeah, it was, it was a good. There is. I remember that. Yeah, I've seen that picture. So that was the deal. Um, my We went and saw my grandma, Rude, uh, the, while we were up there on Friday night. And she says, you know, I just read a memory. We did a memory jar for her. Where, yeah. yeah. She said, I just read one of yours and said, how I got to be, you picked me for your very last Nordic dance. And I'm like, mm, that's no. not how it went down. Uh, and I'm thinking to myself, no, I, I know how it went down. She got picked on... She got picked for the Friday night show. Okay. Uh, so it would have been my third to last show is what it was. Either way, last so, yeah. season of Nordic Dance. Well, yeah, so it, it, during my last season, exactly. She got picked for my, my third to last show. You were at the day show that for that last one, and I, I went and got you. And that is the only time I ever picked you up out thank, of the crowd. Thank you. And I knew you didn't want to, but I'm like, I don't care. Now this you is... can pick me out of a crowd all the time. No, I know that. Uh -huh. Um, but I knew full well who was going to be the last one, and it, it had to be my mom. Yeah, for sure. Um, and especially since I... Did she cry? No, I don't know. Kari, I, I know you're going to listen to this, so I'm going to need to know if you cried. Yeah. Um, and I screwed up when I was in third grade, and I, I still I still remember this. I know what my thought process was. You know, you do the, your very first performance is in front of your parents, and they, they take you into the gym, and at that time they took us to the high school gym, and we're doing our stuff. And I had been in Nordic dance performances. I knew how it worked. I knew that we were going to have to go out and pick somebody out of the crowd. And I'm like, I am not going to be that guy who is afraid of everybody and has to pick their mom because they can't talk to anybody else. That was my thought process. So oh. I went and, and, and I, I picked another dancer's mom for it, which he didn't give a dang anyway because I don't think. But anyway, I don't know. Um, and it wasn't because I didn't want to dance with my own mom. It's because... In my head, as a third grader, I'm trying to not be fit into that, oh, I'm just this whatever little kid who can't, you know, can only pick people that he knows, right. you know. Um, and Which I, I think if anyone knows that. you now, I mean, yeah, I, I get what you're saying and why you regret that. But I think if anyone knows you now, that makes perfect sense. Oh, I know. But I, I just, I because feel bad because my first, Dan, my first one and my last one and that should have been, been my mom. Should have been your mom, yeah. And I, I, like I said, I, I felt bad. And so, 
she I mean she's never said anything about it and she and probably I don't know doesn't how, remember. What's that? She probably doesn't remember. Uh, I don't know. And if you do, mom, I apologize. That wasn't it wasn't intentional. I just young and dumb. Sorry about that. Uh thought processes were a little crazy back well, then. Well, if you were young and dumb, then what are you doing? Yeah, I know. But I, I knew dang well when still it, young. Yeah, I know. I knew dang well though when it came time for my senior dance, I knew it was gonna be mom. And that was it. That's just the way it was gonna be. Wouldn't it have been funny if you did it with your dad? <laughs> <laughs> Hey. Yeah, no. Um, but, I, yeah, no, I remember that. And and it, and here's the thing. And I'm not trying to rip on, and I, I don't know who, I forget who all listens to this. Uh, there may be some of my Nordic dancing colleagues out there. Um, you know, we had some that all the way through would only go and pick out their, their, their friends from their class and whatnot, right. our class. You know, and, like, they had a really, really hard time if we went on the road and had to do yeah. that. Because we still did the participation dances on the road. Right. Um, you took your show on the road. We did. And we got to go to some pretty cool places. I'll, you know, honestly, I'll come back to that because you got to talk about the sport. So I'm going to talk about this Well, you this made me talk about it. I know. I know. But. Uh, Forcibly. I know. But I was very adamant within myself again. Unless, like. You know, and here's the thing: being a Nordic dancer. I'm gonna come back to my point here. Being a Nordic dancer at Nordic Fest, it's as close to being famous as you're gonna get because you wear when you put that suit on, everybody knows what you are. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's some that embrace that. I did, and there's some who could take it or leave it, and and that's fine. But um, the thing about it is, the ones that, unless you know, especially the ones that come from out of town, the Nordic dancers are used. They are actually literally part of Nordic Fest. They were created for Nordic Fest. Um, so therefore, I mean, on the boards, uh, the, the board of directors, they have a seat on the board of directors. Um, they're they're promoted first and foremost on a lot of stuff. So like, if there's an advertisement for Nordic Fest, the Nordic dancers are going to be mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, you people know who you... At Nordic Fest, people know who you are. Uh, which is kind of cool. I mean, as a, as a kid, and especially as you come up through in, in high school, it's kind of neat, like, hey, what I'm doing matters to people, you know? Um, and so what I'm getting at is unless I had a family member that said, like, hey, so-and-so is in the crowd, um, you know, could you pick them out today? And I, I mean, I had this happen a lot, and usually a lot of times it was Grandma Rude asking about it. Um, you know, and, and I, I my my pat responses. I'll do what I can. Um, if I see them, if I can find you, I will. Um, if somebody, you know, it, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I said I can't promise. I always said I can't promise anything, but I'll do what I can. Um, and usually, I could I could get to that person, find them, pick them out, and give them a, a cheap thrill out of that. You know, um, but you know what would happen? I I would usually go and pick out. You know, you 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 go and, and find somebody who who raises their hands. You know, um, and, and I, I, a lot of times would find some, it just depend. I mean, it really didn't matter. I, it's not like I look for any specific thing when I went to find somebody in the crowd, but, um, you know, but that was a thing is there was a couple times where I'd have somebody like, I, there was somebody of mine that was going out going to get like, either I'd seen them in the crowd and it's like, yep, they are the one that really wants to, um, every once in a while you'd walk up and so you'd have like this seven-year-old girl who just grabbed your hand as you're walking by it's like oh yeah come on with me you know so, yeah um it was fun though you got to meet a lot of people and you know i didn't always pick kids i picked a picked adults 
you know, and they, you'd ask them where they're from and, and they'd ask you, you know, like, so is it, you know, is this hard? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm sweating, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. you know, so it, it was fun. I, I could never, ever, I would never, ever want to trade that experience in for anything. And I don't mean the picking people out of a crowd. I mean the Nordic dancer experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went to Hawaii with those guys. Um, I went to. Estes Park, Colorado. We performed there. I performed for the for Prince Haakon, the Crown Prince of Norway. Um, we went to Minneapolis and Rochester on a trip. Uh, <laughs> we did a parade in Rembrandt, Iowa, and then we got soaked, and they sent us home because it mm. rained. We were supposed to do a show. We got three 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 dances into it, and we got hit with a thunderstorm. They're like, you know what? We got a taste of it. You guys can go home. Okay, whatever. I ruined, uh, in fact, in Estes Park, I absolutely ruined, and I mean, like, destroyed a vest. And it wasn't, luckily, it was, so a vest probably cost 45 bucks to make at that time. And, like, the, the girls' yeah. boonads, they were like 300 Would you get off your phone? I'm listening. What are you doing? Nothing, I'm listening. Um, not actively. Yes, I am. It's like 300 $350 for the boonads, so you did not mess with the girls dresses ever you just you didn't do that but the thing about it is for a lot of the dances the girls would put their hands on our shoulders the problem with estes is they didn't have us on on uh concrete we were on grass and have you ever been out that direction do you know what what kind of dirt they've got very red clayish oh yeah yeah so it dried out and got dusty yeah so we're stomping around in this stuff it's going up in the air well it's getting on the girl's hands and stuff and like it's we're sweaty so they put their hands on our shoulders we all destroyed vests and that was the pro like every one of us destroyed vests on that trip and you you know usually had one maybe two like you keep an old one as a backup in an emergency right which reminds me of one one more story i have to tell on that um but yeah, I think everybody, I think every one of us had to get a new vest. And that, we were out there at the end of June, which meant we had one month before Nordic Fest. Plus, we still had a couple, like one or two performances leading up to Nordic Fest that we had to do. Yeah, that was bad. But the absolute quintessential story, and mom's going to remember this one, and she probably knows exactly where I'm going with this already. I think I do too. Uh, when I rip, ripped out my pants? Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> We've all been there. Oh, this was classic. All right, so I do the parade. So Saturday for me, uh, Nordic Dancer-wise, you get up in the morning. Uh, I don't know if they were doing the pancake breakfast yet or not, but I'd always got to the parade by going down to the fire station with Dad. I'd hitch a ride in the fire truck, and then I'd, I'd jump, out, jump out and go jump in with my group. And then after that, I would walk to the fire station, um, and the guys, the, the drivers there, the engineers, were always great. They would let me go back in the back room so I could change. Because I really didn't have time to go home. So I'd change, I'd go up, I'd get some lunch real quick, and then usually I had to come right back and change again because we usually had a one or two o'clock performance. I think it was a one o'clock performance. All right, so um, I go back. No, it was a two o'clock performance. I go back down to the fire station about one or about 12.30, I'm going to change because they usually want us there a half hour ahead of the show. All right. So I go, I get dressed, I do my thing, and I go and I put my foot up on the bed, and all of a sudden I hear, and I'm like, oh dear God, that didn't just happen. Oh, it did. It did. And uh, I'm like, and I kind of reached down and fell, I'm like, oh my God, I just split my pants out. 
oh my god I'm like now what am i gonna do so i call my i i get on the phone i call my mom and but she had just gotten a cell phone or maybe uh, within a year had gotten a cell phone and she didn't answer the first time like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god so i call her back up and she answers and said, i said mom she's like hello i'm like mom she's like what i said I split my pants out. She's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. I said, Mom, I split my pants out. What are we going to do? It's go time. <laughs> and I did not have a backup pair of pants yeah. at that time. It's like, oh, crap. So she goes, um, I'll be right down to the station. So she picks him up, and she leaves. She left me there. <laughs> In your undies. No, no. I had my clothes. Oh, shoot. That'd be but classic. she left me there. And she takes the pants down. <laughs> You're to my, dead to me. <laughs> yeah, she takes the the pants down to my grandpa and grandma, Bernat's grandpa greenhouse, grandma greenhouse, yeah. um, Howard Wanda, Wanda and, and their best friend was Christine Lee, who happened to be in town. They came down all the Chris and Lauren Lee. She was a seamstress, so they brought her. No, 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 no. Just keep going. I yeah. So anyway, they, yeah, no. Mom took him home and sewed him as no. She took it to Christine. Christine sewed him as best she could just to get him put back together. All right. So I had to go r literally running from the fire station back to my parents' house, which is a good half mile or so. And she met me there. I put my pants on, and at this point, I, I show up like five minutes before showtime, and uh, I'm like, oh my god. So they look at me and they go, where were you? I said, I split my pants out. They just had to do an emergency uh, pants repair on, on what we were, on what I was doing. Landon, what is the deal? We're just problem solving over here. Okay, well, go problem solve. You'll be fine. Hey, Landon, you guys need to get your toys picked up. It's going to be bedtime. It's already here. Right. Yes. So anyway, we go ahead and uh, we get my pants put back together. So like. Yeah, but there's, that's the reason why I wear black underwear. So if you split your pants out, at least you got that going for Oh, me. yeah, I was actually going to ask you. Please don't say you were wearing tidy whitey. No, we wore black underwear. Okay, good. That was... The, that was, of all the things you just said, that was my burning question. Was it really? Wait, were you wearing black no, I wasn't. or white underwear? Yeah. Which, again, nobody saw it. I, I, I split them and took them off back in that private room, so it wasn't a big deal. So anyway... Um, we get them put back together. I get up there like, where were you? I said, I split my pants out. We had to do an emergency repair. They're like, oh my God, that sucks. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, tell me about it. Um, so we go out, we're doing our stuff, and we're doing what we call the oxen dance. And uh, it's a dance where the, it's just the guys, and basically it's like the idea of two oxes squaring off, you know, yeah. and we do these whatever fake fighting things. And my partner and I, we're, we're good at it. Um, and he, we do this thing where you kind of bow and lean over the other one, mm -hmm. and I lean backwards, and all of a sudden I felt, and I heard it go, and I'm like, oh my god! And we're like halfway through the show, we're not yeah. even close to done yet, and I'm like, dear God! I I come up, I go, oh my god! Because Daniel Pellet was my partner for that. He goes, what? I said, I just split my pants out again. He goes, seriously? I'm like, yeah. Yes. Um, so I remember I got through the thing, and mom. My mom comes back down, and I see her, and I said, Mom, I split them out again. we got to do something. She's like, okay, well, typical Kari, and I love you, Mom, but dear Lord, in that moment, I was so mad. Typical Kari, she's got to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, and I'm like, Mom, I need to get back and get something done here. This is like, I'm standing here in the middle of Nordic Fest with a pair of pants that are split from the zipper halfway up the butt. Mm -hmm. This is not good, Mom. Let's go. 
Um, so finally, I think I took off and started walking, and eventually she comes along. And luckily this time, like I said, it was a 2 o'clock show. We didn't have another show until 7 o'clock. Um, so we had, we had about four hours. And what she ended up doing is finding an old pair of black shorts of hers. She uh, took them to Christine. Christine cut, like, a chunk out of there and then, like, redid, like, created a new crotch in these things. And, like, they were double and triple reinforced. So I got through the next show with no issues. But that became my backup pair. We got my lasting memory of your Nordic dancing is how much you sweat. Yeah, there's pictures of us after the last show. And it was crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you look at the last show, like, you, you can see my undershirt and everything. Yeah. It's, like, it just drenched. Yeah. But you're naturally a sweater anyway. Oh, I am. I am. And I'll never forget that last show. We came out, you know, we finished with a, a dance called the Weaving Dance. And I remember we come, come out, and usually what you do is you you have your hands crossed, you bow to the middle, and then you uncur you go under your one arm, and then you bow to the outside, and that's how you finish the show. And... Uh, I remember we bowed to the middle, we bowed to the outside, and then we all just collapsed back in on each other. Yeah. We also had a bigger group than the other groups. Um, so usually what would happen is when we did our that dance, we had two, two different groups doing it, and you just went around with each other. On that last one, we split. When the two groups came out into that last circle for the finished, quote-unquote, finished cloth, we actually split the group and joined the two small groups into one big circle. And so we all got to finish that together and have one last do -si do with everybody, so to speak. Um, and it was really emotional uh, because we had, like, you know, we did that for 10 years. I mean, we knew each other well. But, yeah, uh, yeah. anyway, uh, so we're rem rem reminiscing. reminiscing. Mm -hmm. um, we really don't have time for Lisa's... We don't have time for Lisa's favorite things, but can I tell one more story that's just funny? Wait, are you making fun of me in it? No, I don't think so. You don't think so? You're not. No, I'm not. So this last weekend, Friday, uh, so I, I went up to uh, Decora on Wednesday, right, to help get mm -hmm. stuff going, and as things go, you just, you know, hanging out with mom and dad, got the kids and whatnot, um, I was ready to have a little reinforcement with my wife. And come to find out, you were going to go and, and have dinner with a couple high school friends. And I was a little torqued off because, well, your high school friends are my high school friends and I wasn't invited, so whatever. But I didn't realize just how much the kids had been missing you. <laughs> because I remember you get up there and uh, they were happy to see you and they're clinging to your legs. And then all of a sudden, it comes time for you to leave. And, like, you left and they're like, whatever. We get them through it. So we go up and we get ourselves a sandwich. And then I said, I need rosettes and i need kringla so i went to the nordic dancer booth because i knew i could get up both those there got my plate for eight bucks and then we went to get some rumor grout because it's like hey i'm here i want rumor grout and so <laughs> we happened to bounce into you and your friend and uh landon sees you and then you took off again to to walk back to the house well i mean i acknowledge you as that no i know exactly um and so all of a sudden he's depressed and he's got his head doing his mopey droopy face and the almost ready to cry stuff. And I walk over to trash can and I go, what's wrong? He's like, mom left again. I'm like, well, I know I, I wanted her to hang out too, but it's okay, buddy. So anyway, and on top of that, I didn't let him get the lemonade that he wanted so darn bad at the rumor grout booth. 
All right, so we get back to the car, and your mom's trying to help smooth this over. Or my mom's trying to help smooth this over. She goes, so Landon, what were you going to do if your mom's around? Were you going to sit in the couch and snuggle with her? And he goes, well, it's just that mom's a lot more fun than dad. Ah, <laughs> the truth comes out. And I turned and I looked at him and I said, seriously, kid, that's what you're going to say? <laughs> And he's like, you're well, embarrassing him well, right now. I know. Well, he deserves it because he embarrassed me. Uh, so anyway, then uh, we get back, and and my mom and dad were both like, well, you know, Landon, dad, your dad takes you to all these things. You know, he's fun too, isn't it? And Landon's like, oh, you're. So we get back home. We get out of the truck, and he comes walking around the truck. He goes, hey, dad, you know, um, um you're fun too. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, good, good try, nice, nice save, little buddy. <laughs> it's embarrassing. So anyway, final thoughts, Lisa? Um, hey, I only have a half day of work tomorrow. And I don't have to work at all tomorrow. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Uh, I didn't even get to talk about training camp. Nope, sure oh, did Oh, well, we'll do that on the next one. All right, folks, thank you very much for everything. We'll be back next week sometime with uh, another one. Toodaloo. Bye. Say, say goodbye, kids. Bye. They say goodbye. Have a good one, folks. We'll talk to you later.